Welcome to On Fire. This is the On Fire podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Allen. Uh, so I've been coaching my daughter's, uh, my nine-year-old daughter's lacrosse team. Uh, I've never played the game of lacrosse, so it's it's a continual learning experience for me. Uh, my qualifications are I'm willing to do it, and apparently nobody else is. So uh, I've been doing it, but it's it's been fun. Um, I have seven or eight girls on, on my team who've never played lacrosse before or really seen lacrosse. Uh, I don't think they've really seen a, a game of lacrosse uh, or had at the beginning of the season played uh, before so um, so our first game was was pretty much a disaster um, as hard as I I worked and tried to prepare them they, they didn't know what to expect from their opponent or how the flow of the game would go uh, there was a lot of, of standing around on the field and, and confusion about uh, the responsibilities of each position and and what what they should be doing so uh, between the first and second games we had uh, another little girl joined the team, and uh, uh, she's one of the younger players uh, on the team and, and is pretty small. Um, she'd only been to maybe one or two practices before our game, and so early on in the game, one of, of uh, my assistants uh, sent this little girl into the game as an attack or, or offensive uh, player, um, and, and she went into the game. There, were, there was so much going on that I, I kind of lost track of this girl. And then at one point I noticed her um, running across the field, try, trying to get away from an opponent who, who was guarding her. Um, and then a, a few minutes later, she came running uh, to the sideline. It was just kind of the middle of the game, but she she ran to the sideline toward me with, with tears running down her face and kind of choked out, I don't want to play attack. And and she was she was sobbing and, and had, had had a terrible time out there. Um, I tried to give her some comfort and, and told her she wouldn't have to play again until she was ready. And I, I felt awful uh, for sending her out into the game so unprepared. And I, th- I think she spent the entire time uh, just trying to shake the defender that seemed to be uh, glued to her hip. And uh, that must have been scary for her. So I, I felt bad. But uh, um, but as I thought about that, life can, can kind of be like that for us sometimes. I don't think any of us came uh, into mortality, really prepared, really well prepared, um, especially for for the last days. I think as well as we could have been prepared, but but uh, but what really can prepare you for an experience like this? Um, this is this is really kind of an experiential type of, of situation. Um, like my sweet little lacrosse player, sometimes sometimes we go sobbing to the Lord and tell him that we don't want to play anymore. <laughs> The Lord does try to try to help us, though, and, and, and he's given us a lot of tools. And in particular, for Latter-day Saints, he's given us prophets with foresight. Now, unless you're living under a, a rock or are oblivious, uh, you can see that our world is in serious turmoil. Uh, nuclear war is being threatened and is a, an actual possibility, and as real as it's been since, uh, you know, the Cuban Missile Crisis. Um Food shortages are, are threatening millions of people with, with starvation, or at least with discomfort. Um, energy shortages are, are uh, and, and costs of energy are threatening um, a miserable and possibly deadly winter in, in Europe and elsewhere. Um, social and, and political issues are, are tearing the United States and other countries apart. Um, a lot of, there's a lot of turmoil uh, politically in Europe as well. Um, we're possibly on the brink of, of an economic collapse of, of massive scale. Basically, we're in big trouble on a number of fronts. 
Um, in addition to that, opposition toward um, Christianity and specifically toward the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints is, is also increasing. Um, I saw a, a Fox 13, uh, that's a, a Utah uh, news station, I saw a Fox 13 news piece recently that was called, Is the LDS Church Culture Under Attack? And, uh, and they highlighted the, uh, um, the chant, the F the Mormons chant at the, at the BYU-Oregon football game and, and multiple dramas and documentaries on streaming services like Netflix, uh, painting the church in a, in a negative light, uh, various news articles, um, scandals related to abuse by, by local church leaders and, and all sorts of other things. Um, the, report, the reporter and the news anchors observed how unusual it is that people seem to think that targeting our church in particular with, with slander and ridicule is acceptable. Uh, and unfortunately, I don't, I don't see this trend going backwards. Um, rather, I, I think it's probably going to continue to increase. Um, and I remember President Nelson uh, visiting the Pacific Islands a few years ago, uh, kind of doing a tour of, the, of some of the Pacific Islands and, and some of the counsel that he gave to the saints there. Um, let me just read some of this. This is from a, a church news article um, reporting on President Nelson's visit to Samoa uh, in May of, of 2019. He said this, the church, th- let me just, this is the article. So some of this is quote and some of it is, is, is the article. This church, when restored in its fullness, will prepare the world for the coming of the Lord, but not before Christ's followers are persecuted, he said. Church members in the Samoan Islands will not be immune from being persecuted, he said, warning them to prepare to be persecuted even every day and telling them they have a solemn duty to prepare for it. Please protect your families from the deception you will see in your future. Man, if that wasn't prophetic. That, that's why we're all busily engaged in this work. We have to fortify our people against attacks of the adversary. He told them to not... He told them not to become discouraged. He said God will provide them with revelation, strength, and the ability to judge right from wrong. Sister Wendy Nelson said her husband often receives inspiration for the direction of the church during the night and gets up to take notes. Just this past week, she said, the inspiration was flowing so rapidly during those early morning hours that he went to the office in our home and wrote for three hours. Uh, so uh, some of that is already in fulfillment and I think uh, remains to, to be um, a warning for us or, or something for us to be prepared for. Um, to be persecuted even every day is what he told those saints. And, and I think that applies really to, to everyone, uh, not specifically to the saints of Samoa. But um, I came across this, uh, this quote from Elder Neil, Neil A. Maxwell. This was... Uh, his talk called From the Beginning in October of 1993. Um, but it's interesting to think of this being given then and, uh, and, and look at what the world looks like now. Elder Maxwell said this, In the days ahead, all things shall be in commotion. We may even have nostalgia for past days of obscurity. Isn't that the truth? Amid a drumroll of developments, complex and converging world conditions will bring both trials and opportunities Faithful church members, however, will sense the crescendo in it all, even while being carried forward on the crest of breathtaking circumstances. 
I want to just talk about that last line a little bit. Let me read it one more time. Faithful church members, however, will sense the crescendo in it all, even while being carried forward on the crest of breathtaking circumstances. I think that is that's something we can observe, and hopefully we're experiencing uh, that that all of this is is happening in crescendo, and um, especially with all of these aspects of society uh, kind of coming together at the same time. Um, and all, all of these, like he said, uh, complex and converging world conditions. Um, and that's that's happening. Um, but it's not it's not all bad. And we, we heard from President Nelson recently about the the miracles that we will uh, witness between now and, and when the Savior comes. I'll continue here with with Elder Maxwell's words. He said, he whose name this church bears has promised that he will be in our midst lead us along, go before us, and even fight our battles. He has further counseled, be not afraid of your enemies, for I have decreed in my heart that I will prove you in all things, whether you will abide in my covenant, even unto death, that you may be found worthy. That's from Doctrine and Covenants 98, verse 14. So let us have patience and faith, as did Lehi, who saw pointing fingers of scorn directed at those who grasped the iron rod. Which rod, ironically, some of those same fingers once grasped. But, said Lehi, we heeded them not. So it should be with us. Brothers and sisters being pointed in the right direction, we do not need to worry about being pointed at. That's the end of that quote. Uh, that's great. That's great counsel. Uh, being pointed in the right direction, we do not need to worry about being pointed at. Um, that's beautiful. Uh, so... The, uh, the October 2020 General Conference was interesting, I thought. Uh, we were coming out of, of COVID lockdowns and, and had, had had some unique experiences. But I want to go back to a couple of talks from that conference because I feel like they're even more relevant now than they were at the time. I actually did a video um, on, on YouTube um, with, that, that featured some of these talks, but I, I think they, uh, they need to be reviewed uh, again, some of them. Um, now this is from Elder David A. Bednar, um, and his his talk uh, was called um, "We Will Prove Them Herewith." Again, this is October of 2020, uh, and um, Elder Bednar said this: Two basic principles can guide and strengthen us as we face proving and trying circumstances in our lives, whatever they may be. One, the principle of preparation, and two, the principle of pressing forward with a steadfastness in Christ. On an afternoon a few months ago, Susan and I inventoried our food storage and emergency supplies. At the time, COVID-19 was spreading rapidly and a series of earthquakes had jolted our home in Utah. We have worked since the earliest days of our marriage to follow prophetic counsel about preparing for unseen challenges, so examining our state of readiness in the midst of the virus and earthquakes seemed like a good and timely thing to do. We wanted to find out our grades on these unannounced tests. We learned a great deal. In many areas, our preparatory work was just right. In some other areas, however, improvement was necessary because we had not recognized and addressed particular needs in timely ways. We also laughed a lot. We discovered, for example, items in a remote closet that had been in our food storage for decades. Frankly, we were afraid to open and inspect some of the containers for fear of unleashing another global pandemic. 
but you should be happy to know that we properly disposed of the hazardous materials and that health, that health risk to the world was eliminated. Some church members opine that emergency plans and supplies, food storage, and 72-hour kits must not be important anymore because the brethren have not spoken recently and extensively about these and related topics in general conference. But repeated admonitions, admonitions to prepare have been proclaimed by leaders of the church for decades. The consistency of prophetic counsel over time creates a powerful concert of clarity and a warning volume far louder than solo performances can ever produce. I hope you are catching this, that he's saying nothing nothing in the counsel that the brethren have given in the past regarding being prepared and storing food and having 72-hour kits and those things, none of that has expired, and he's basically renewing it uh, in, in our time. Okay, continuing with his words. Just as challenging times reveal inadequacies in temporal preparedness, so too the maladies of spiritual casualness and complacency inflict their most detrimental effects during difficult trials. We learn, for example, in the parable of the ten virgins that procrastinating preparation leads to unsuccessful proving. Recall how the five foolish virgins failed to prepare appropriately for the examination given to them on the day of the bridegroom's coming. They that were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them, but the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps, and at midnight there was a cry made, Behold, the bridegroom cometh, go ye out to meet him. Then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps, and the foolish said to the wise, Give us of your oil, for our lamps are gone out. But the wise answered, saying, Not so, lest there not be enough for us and you, but go ye rather to them that sell and buy for yourselves. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came, and they that were ready went in with him to the marriage, and the door was shut. Afterward came also other virgins, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered and said, Verily I say unto you, Ye know me not. At least on this exam the five foolish virgins proved themselves to be hearers only and not doers of the word. I invite each of us to consider our ways and examine ourselves, whether we be in the faith, and prove our own selves. What have we learned during these recent months of lifestyle adjustments and restrictions? What do we need to improve in our lives spiritually, physically, socially, emotionally, and intellectually? That's a, that's a long list. That's, that's more than just physical preparedness, isn't it? Spiritually, physically, socially, emotionally, and intellectually. Now is the time to prepare and prove ourselves willing and able to do all things whatsoever the Lord our God shall command us. Faithfulness is not foolishness or fanaticism. Rather, it is trusting and placing our confidence in Jesus Christ as our Savior, on His name, and in His promises. As we press forward with a steadfastness in Christ, having a perfect brightness of hope and a love of God and of all men, we are blessed with an eternal perspective and vision that stretches far beyond our limited mortal capacity. We will be enabled to gather together and stand in holy places and be not moved until the day of the Lord come. This is still uh, still Elder Bednar here. He says, while I was serving as the president of Brigham Young University, Idaho, and that's I was there at, the, at that time uh, for a little bit, <laughs> Elder Jeffrey R. Holland came to the campus in December 1998 to speak in one of our weekly devotionals. Susan and I invited a group of students to meet and visit with Elder Holland before he delivered his message. As our time together was drawing to a close, I asked Elder Holland, if you could teach these students just one thing, what would it be? He answered, we are witnessing an 
ever greater movement toward polarity. The middle ground options will be removed from us as Latter-day Saints. The middle of the road will be withdrawn. If you are treading water in the current view, in the current of a river, you will go somewhere. You simply will go wherever the current takes you. Going with the stream, following the tide, drifting in the current will not do. Choices have to be made. Not making a choice is a choice. Learn to choose now. Um, that's great. That that sounds a lot like um, a, a podcast episode um, from from this podcast. Um, I think it was called Choose Ye This Day. Um, talking about um, the, our circumstances now and how uh, how we can't go with with the world and have to make a choice uh, and and how worldliness is not compatible with the gospel of Jesus Christ any longer if it ever was okay continuing here with Elder Bednar he said Elder Holland's statement about increasing polarization has been proven prophetic by the societal trends and events of the 22 years since he answered my question and 24 now Foretelling the widening divergence between the ways of the Lord and of the world, Elder Holland warned that the days of comfortably having one foot in the restored church and one foot in the world were vanishing quickly. This servant of the Lord was encouraging the young people to choose, prepare, and become devoted disciples of the Savior. He was helping them to prepare and press forward to and through the proving, examining, and trying experiences of their lives. The process of proving ourselves is a fundamental part of Heavenly Father's great plan of happiness. I promise that as we both prepare and press forward with faith, this faith in the Savior, we all can receive the same grade on the ultimate examination of mortality. Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of the Lord. That's the end of that quote. Um, so those two those two fundamental principles that he covered there, uh, us being prepared and pressing forward uh, through adversity, those are um, at least as applicable now as they were then, and I think I think more so. Um, let me just share another another one of those talks that I thought had some important um, and timely uh, counsel, and it was from from Elder Dieter F. Uchtdorf. Um, and he said this, The righteous are not given a free pass that allows them to avoid the valleys of shadow. We all must walk through difficult times, for it is in these times of adversity that we learn principles that fortify our characters and cause us to draw closer to God. Our Heavenly Father knows that we suffer, and because we are His children, He will not abandon us. My dear friends, my beloved brothers and sisters, God will watch over and shepherd you during these times of uncertainty and fear. He knows you. He hears your pleas. He is faithful and dependable. He will fulfill his promises. God has something unimaginable in mind for you personally and the church collectively, a marvelous work and a wonder. Our best days are ahead of us, not behind us. This is why God gives us modern revelation. Without it, life might feel like flying in a holding pattern, waiting for the fog to lift so we can land safely. The Lord's purposes for us are much higher than that. Because this is the church of the living Christ, and because he directs his prophets, we are moving forward and upward to places we've never been, to heights we can hardly imagine. Now, this does not mean we won't experience turbulence in our, in our flight through mortality. 
It doesn't mean there won't be unexpected instrument failures, mechanical malfunctions, or serious weather challenges. In fact, this is important here, in fact, things might get worse before they get better. And I think they have. As a fighter pilot and airline captain, I learned that while I could not choose the adversity that I would encounter during a flight, I could choose how I prepared and how I reacted. What is needed during times of crisis is calm and clear-headed trust. How do we do this? We face the facts and return to the fundamentals, to the basic gospel principles, to what matters most. You strengthen your private religious behavior, like prayer and scripture study and keeping God's commandments. You make the decisions based on best proven practices. Focus on the things you can do and not on the things you cannot do. You muster your faith and you listen for the guiding word of the Lord and his prophet to lead you to safety. Remember, this is the church of Jesus Christ. He is at the helm. Brothers and sisters, with Christ at the helm, things will not only be all right, they will be unimaginable. And that's from, uh, that's the end of that quote. That's, the, that's from Elder Uchtdorf's uh, talk called God Will Do Something Unimaginable. Um, I think there's some great counsel and I think sometimes we refer to these, or I've heard them referred to as, as Sunday school answers, or and they really are so fundamental, but so important. And I think they're neglected. Uh, and and I think we can each look at our own, uh, kind of give ourselves a, a spiritual grade and see how we're doing. And um, if if personal prayer, um, morning and evening, and and hopefully throughout the day, if that's not happening then we're not prepared. If daily scripture study is not happening, uh, then we are not prepared and, we, and we're not keeping God's commandments. We, we need those things. Those, those basic things are what gives us, uh, or what nurtures our, our testimony and witness of God and, and what, um, what helps us develop uh, our, our relationship with him. And that should include daily repentance. Those are things that, uh, that we can't neglect. And if we do, we w- will find ourselves uh, like um, like Elder Holland said, in, in a river uh, floating down. We're, we're, we may not be swimming, but we're moving, uh, but we're going the wrong direction. Um, so we, we need to do those. As we talk about, um, as we talk about preparing, those are probably the most fundamental and the most critical. And, uh, and, and if you and I are not uh, are, are not doing those things consistently. If there's room for improvement, uh, there's no time to waste. That's something we need to improve on right now, today. Uh, so make that make that commitment to yourself and the Lord to uh, to do those things immediately. Uh, if if you're not, and even if you are, there's things to improve. Your prayer, the quality of your prayers can improve, and the quality of your scripture study can improve, and those will only improve. Uh, your relationships with our Heavenly Father and with His Son, our Savior. Okay, one more talk to review. This is um, from President Russell M. Nelson um, and, and, and really is going to kind of uh, really solidify this need that we have to, uh, to prepare, uh, to be prepared for, I mean, we're, we're already in the days um, that are spoken of in the, in, uh, in the scriptures, but they uh, will continue to uh, things will continue to 
um, increase in in turmoil and in tribulation, and and so there is we still are able to prepare and should continue to do that, and that's something he'll talk about is continue or never stop preparing. Okay, President Nelson uh, said this. Admittedly, the Lord has spoken of our day in sobering terms. He warned that in our day, men's hearts would fail them and that even the very elect would be at risk of being deceived. He told the prophet Joseph Smith that peace would be taken from the earth and calamities would befall mankind. Yet the Lord has also provided a vision of how remarkable this dispensation is. He, in he inspired the prophet Joseph Smith to declare that the work of these last days is one of vast magnitude. Its glories are past description and its grandeur unsurpassable. Now, grandeur may not be the word you choose to describe these past few months, or I'll add past few years. How are we to deal with both the somber prophecies and the glorious pronouncements about our day? The Lord told us how with simple but stunning reassurance, if ye are prepared, ye shall not fear. What a promise. It is one that can literally change the way we see our future. I recently heard a woman of deep testimony admit that the pandemic combined with an earthquake in the Salt Lake Valley had helped her realize she was not as prepared as she thought she was. When I asked whether she was referring to her food storage or her testimony, she smiled and said, yes. Our preparation is our key to embracing this dispensation and our future with faith. How can we best prepare? For decades, the Lord's prophets have urged us to store food water and financial reserves for a time of need there it is again same same conference uh, and that that um, council reiterated again the current pandemic has reinforced the wisdom of that council i urge you to take steps to be temporarily prepared but i am even more concerned about your spiritual and emotional preparation in that regard we can learn a lot from captain moroni as commander of the Nephite armies, he faced opposing forces that were stronger, greater in number, and meaner. So Moroni prepared his people in three essential ways. First, he helped them create areas where they would be safe, places of security, he called them. Second, he prepared the minds of the people to be faithful unto the Lord. And third, he never stopped preparing his people, physically or spiritually. Let us consider these three principles. Principle one, create places of security. I think this is, this is really important and, and there's some things we might be able to, uh, to read between the lines here. Moroni fortified every Nephite city with embankments, forts, and walls. When the Lamanites came against them, they were astonished exceedingly because of the wisdom of the Nephites in preparing their places of security. Similarly, as, tur as turmoil rages around us, we need to create places where we are safe both physically and spiritually. When your home becomes a personal sanctuary of faith, where the spirit resides, your home becomes the first line of defense. Um, I think we, um, each of us, and, and myself included, we can take extra steps to make our homes sacred, to make our homes rival the temple in, um, in how sacred they are. And that can't happen if we are letting in, uh, if we're letting in filth, if we're, if the world is pouring in through the internet and in, into the things that we watch and listen to, um, and, and, and just take in, um, and especially youth, uh, and, and young adults, um, technology and, uh, and, and entertainment are such a big part of, uh, of our culture. Um, 
it can be very, very spiritually damaging if you are if you're consuming too much or if you are uh, being influenced by um, by negative or or by worldly or uh, immoral um, material. It, it is going to uh, take you the wrong way. It's it's washing you down that river that we uh, have referred to. So let's let's fortify our homes. Um, and we can dedicate our homes if, if that hasn't happened already uh, through the priesthood and do that and, and do whatever we need to, to make our homes uh, places of light and, and places where, where the spirit can reside. And like President Nelson said, our home will become uh, our first line of defense. Continuing with his words here, Likewise, the stakes of Zion are a refuge from the storm because they are led by those who hold priesthood keys and exercise priesthood authority. As you continue to follow the counsel of those whom the Lord has authorized to guide you, you will feel greater safety. So I, I think this counsel is basically the, the, from the stakes of Zion. Our, our stake and ward leaders um, are the closest to us, and I think it's easy for us to um, to see their imperfections, and and so it can be difficult uh, to follow. And 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 having been a ward leader, I I, I recognize my own uh, weaknesses. But the Lord has given these leaders priesthood keys, and he and he expects us to uh, to follow their lead and to sustain them, not just by raising our hand and saying that we sustain them, but by assisting them in the work and by accepting callings and accepting assignments and 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 being being loyal to them and and trying to help them uh move the work forward okay going on with president nelson's word words here uh, the temple the house of the lord is a place of security unlike any other there you sisters are endowed with priesthood power through the sacred priesthood covenants you make and I think this was given in, in uh, the women's session of conference, so he's addressing the sisters. There your families are sealed for eternity. Even this year, when access to our temples has been seriously limited, your endowment has given you constant access to God's power as you have honored your covenants with him. Simply said, a place of security is anywhere you can feel the presence of the Holy Ghost and be guided by him. When the Holy Ghost is with you, you can teach truth, even when it runs counter to prevailing opinions. And you can ponder sincere questions about the gospel in an environment of revelation. I invite you, my dear sisters, and I'll add brothers, to create a home that is a place of security. And I renew my invitation for you to increase your understanding of priesthood power and of temple covenants and blessings. Having places of security to which you can retreat will help you embrace your future with faith. Okay, principle two, prepare your mind to be faithful to God. And I think this is important, that those physical preparations are really important. Um, but in addition to persecution is a very real pull uh, from the adversary uh, with, with convincing uh, arguments and convincing philosophies that, uh, that are pulling many away from the church and away from their covenants. And we need to be aware and be, and be prepared uh, in, our, in our mind to be faithful to God. Okay, President Nelson. He said, the Lord taught us how to increase our faith by seeking learning, even by study and also by faith. We strengthen our faith in Jesus Christ as we strive to keep his commandments and always remember him. Further, our faith increases every time we exercise our faith in him. 
That is what learning by faith means. For example, each time we have the faith to be obedient to God's laws, even when popular opinions belittle us, or each time we resist entertainment or ideologies that celebrate covenant breaking, we are exercising our faith, which in turn increases our faith. Further, new things, new things build faith more than does regular immersion in the Book of Mormon. No other book testifies of Jesus Christ with such power and clarity. Its prophets, as inspired by the Lord, saw our day and selected the doctrine and truths that would help us most. The Book of Mormon is our latter-day survival guide. Of course, our ultimate security comes as we yoke ourselves to Heavenly Father and Jesus Christ. Life without God is a life filled with fear. Life with God is a life filled with peace. This is because spiritual blessings come to the faithful. Receiving personal revelation is one of the greatest of those blessings. The Lord has promised that if we will ask, we may receive revelation upon revelation. I promise that as you increase your capacity to receive revelation, the Lord will bless you with increased direction for your life and with boundless gifts of the Spirit. And then principle three, never stop preparing. Even when things went well, Captain Moroni continued to prepare his people. He never stopped. He never became complacent. The adversary never stops attacking, so we can never stop preparing. The more self-reliant we are, temporally, emotionally, and spiritually, the more prepared we are to thwart Satan's relentless assaults. My dear sisters, and I had brothers again, we have so much to look forward to. The Lord placed you here now because he knew you had the capacity to negotiate the complexities of the latter part of these latter days. He knew you would, would grasp the grandeur of his work and be eager to help bring it to pass. I'm not saying that the days ahead will be easy, but I promise you that the future will be glorious for those who are prepared. Ooh, let me read that again. I promise you that the future will be glorious for those who are prepared and who continue to prepare to be instruments in the hands of in the Lord's hands. My dear sisters and brothers, let us not just endure this current season. Let us embrace the future with faith. Turbulent times are opportunities for us to thrive spiritually. There are times when our influence can be much more penetrating than in calmer times. I think we will see that. And I, and I actually look forward to that, to at times even becoming more turbulent uh, where where lines will be drawn and and we will have to choose. And I think, I think those who choose the Lord uh, will rise in spiritual power and uh, and in depth in in their in their faith and in their um, in their relationship to God and to Christ and um, and that will be a good thing and that, and that's really the purpose of it is is to help to to separate to make a separation of of wheat and tares. Uh, okay. Continuing on here as he closes, he says, I promise that as we create places of security, prepare our minds to be faithful to God and never stop preparing, God will bless us. He will deliver us, yea, insomuch that he will speak peace to our souls and will grant unto us great faith and cause us that we can hope for our deliverance in him. As you prepare to embrace the future with faith, these promises will be yours. I so testify with my expression of love for you and my confidence in you. In the sacred name of Jesus Christ, amen. That's the end of that talk, obviously. Um, but that, and this is, this is, again, a council that is two years old. Uh, we received more um, 
at this this last conference, and there may be some of those talks to uh, uh, to review uh, here in in the future. But um, but I felt an urgency to share this message, and and just to um, to share with you that that it is go time. Um, a lot of the things that 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 I've been thinking about over the last few years and preparing for and looking for, uh, they're they're happening now. We are. Uh, we're in it, and um, and we need to we need to continually uh, prepare and uh, and and not let up and and not uh, let our guards down, but to continue to uh, to increase in in strength and in humility uh, and in our dependence on Jesus Christ. Um, and as we do so, um, I'll echo uh, President Nelson that. Um, that we will have a glorious experience, and um, and that there are things ahead uh, that are uh, going to be miraculous and wonderful, and will make everything that we experience that is difficult and trying uh, worth it, and um, and will help make us into uh, the people a uh, people who can uh, and and are prepared to uh, to welcome. Uh, Jesus Christ as he returns to this earth. Um, one thing that that President Nelson mentioned this this just this uh, last October conference of this year, 2022, um, he invited us to become those people uh, who who will uh, welcome the Savior to become Zion, to become a Zion people. Uh, we've talked about that in this podcast before, and and a prophet of God is inviting us to become those people. Uh, and and that is um, collectively as as a church that is our uh, our charge to to become that people and and like he keeps saying to prepare the world uh, for the Savior to return. Uh, I pray that we will do so. I pray that we will uh, take this counsel seriously. That we will um, put the world behind us and worldliness behind us and stop uh, stop focusing on things that don't matter. And uh, and and stop being um, divisive and angry, and um, anything else that that are, we're doing that uh, that makes us um, less like our Savior, and that's difficult to do, especially in a world where um, where we can see things deteriorating, and where uh, where for a lot of us are uh, some of our fundamental rights are being. Uh, are being eroded and 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 taken away, um, and it's easy to get angry and frustrated. And, and there are times where I feel that way, uh, but ultimately, all is going according to plan. Um, and and these are the latter part of the latter days. And uh, and you and I, as much as we could be, were prepared uh, for this time um, in in our previous existence, but. Uh, but need to prepare now for what is still ahead. Um, and I testify that that our prophet, President Russell M. Nelson, is a prophet of God, as are uh, his counselors in the First Presidency and uh, the brethren that make up the Quorum of the Twelve Apostles. Uh, it is imperative that we, uh, that we listen and study the counsel that they've given us and that, that we heed it. In doing so, we are... Uh, we are following Christ as we follow those whom he has sent to, to lead us and to teach us. 
And that is my witness to you, and I leave it with you in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.